It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings, and it is week one of the NFL regular season. You have come to the right place to make sure you can set your lineups, whether it's your season-long league or best ball, every week, all season long. We're the ones presented by DraftKings. We're the ones that give you the nuggets you need on every fantasy-relevant guy that's notable to discuss, right? Like, you're going to want to have Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. Not going to spend a lot of time on that when we get the Panthers-Jets. I'm Ross Tucker former NFL offensive lineman at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Certainly hit us up at Ross Tucker pod as well. The star of the show though, it's Joe Dolan. You can hit him up on social media at FG underscore Dolan. And really now is as good a time as any, although actually I, I, I lie. Like the best time was like two months ago, but Mm-hmm. Whatever, better late than never to go to fantasy. Could still get in, Ross. Com. I mean, I, I like I, I can't believe it. I mean, thank you, by the way, if you've signed up using the code twenty one feast to fantasypoints.com. Thank you. Um, uh, and if you did that only to download a cheat sheet, thank you. However, it's kind of an insult. I'm more busy now than I was in August, so I'm doing work now, and you get all of that on the subscription. So there's still plenty to do. And, Ross, the draft is less than half the battle, man. It's less than half the battle. That's a great point, Joe. Is that true? The draft is less than half the battle? Yeah, it is. Like, the draft is. I I mean, you got to – in a really competitive league, you've got to get it done uh, over – in the waiver wire. That's what you got to do. I I mean, Ross, it's just – that's the way it is. You got to get it done in the waiver wire. Oh, and also we play DFS. We make bets. That's all the stuff. It's all up there for fantasy points. That that is really interesting. I never thought of it that way. I always thought the draft was like the biggest part of it. So, Joe, you know, let, let's make sure people know what we do here, okay? Okay. We are going to help you set your lineups, whether it's season long or you know uh, DFS, like at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we're going to talk about every guy. Like, no, if you can't. have Travis Kelsey, have him in your lineup. But yeah. there are times when you could say you got to have him in your DFS or you don't have him in your DFS. Yeah. It's a great matchup or it's not. Yeah, and, like, this week – um I don't know if we're going to be saying anything profound in week one because the focus of the show is still for season long leagues. The focus of the show is still for helping you set your correct lineup. Um, And in week one, I never want to say, I don't think start your studs is is valid anymore. I don't think, you know, because I I think in those middle rounds, you might've drafted a guy to be your wide receiver three, but the guy you drafted to be your wide receiver five actually has a much better matchup. So, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna try to talk you through that, but I don't know if we're gonna be saying anything profound here on this on this episode. But we'll point out some good matchups, bad matchups, and stuff like that. Once we get more data, that's when we can really start saying, you know, this guy you've been starting these last couple weeks, you probably shouldn't do it anymore. Love it. Um, so here's what we do: episode we split up into two episodes. We don't want a monster hour long uh, podcast for you. We like to break them up. 
you know how we do it at RT Media, about 30 minutes each. So episode one, which we will post immediately, will be Thursday Night Football and the Sunday 1 p.m. slate. Episode two, which we post after midnight tonight, so your podcast app doesn't freak out, will be the Sunday late games, Sunday night football, Monday night football. So we'll start, Joe, with tomorrow night. It's the Bucks and the Cowboys. I guess the interesting notes there are Chris Godwin just popped up on yeah. the injury report, which is interesting. And it looks like Zach Martin will not play for the Cowboys, which does not help Zeke Elliott. No. Um, so Chris Godwin popping up on the injury report is interesting. Greg Allman, uh, who covers the Bucks for The Athletic, does a wonderful job, um, says it's possible we don't know until Thursday warm-ups if Godwin's going to play, doesn't know how serious it is. They don't, they're don't. they going to put out their final injury report today on Wednesday. I fully expect them to be listed as questionable. Um, Antonio Brown also didn't practice on Tuesday, but Greg Lawman thought that was more procedural. He had an off-season knee surgery, and he thinks it's just more of a vet rest day. That's notable because this is a really good matchup. Tom Brady should eat against the Dallas Cowboys secondary. Um, Cowboys gave up 1.7 touchdowns per game through the air to wide receivers last year, which was most in the NFL. Um, this is a phenomenal matchup for those receivers. If Chris Godwin plays Ross, I'm playing them. I mean, there's just – the, the matchup is too good. Antonio Brown is viable, um, more than viable. I think he's a wide receiver three. Mike Evans, obviously. He's got the toughest matchup, in theory, uh, going against Diggs on the perimeter. But I still like all these guys through the – the air especially Tom Brady now let's make this simple in all but the deepest of leagues I don't think you're playing a Buccaneers running back now if I think my personal opinion is Fournette's the best back are the Bucs going to use him that way they did in the playoffs I don't know if they're going to do it during the regular season Ronald Jones looked pretty good during the regular season his role reduced in the playoffs Giovanni Bernard who battled an ankle sprain in August He's the wild card here because he could play that James White kind of role, which is a really juicy fantasy role uh, for the Buccaneers If in the event that they decide to do that. So I think the Buccaneers running backs are weak flexes, to be completely honest. And in this entire game, the only tight end I'm even open to considering is Rob Gronkowski. That being said, the Cowboys were pretty stingy against tight ends last year, and I would only really be willing to consider Gronk if either Godwin or Brown or both are out of this game. I don't expect both of them to miss. Quite frankly, I would expect Godwin to play. That's just my gut feeling on, on the matter. Um, as for the Cowboys, Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Zach Martin injury is massive. Let, let, I mean, excuse me, the COVID situation with Zach Martin is massive. He's almost certainly out. His matchup with the Buccaneers defense becomes even more difficult for Dak Prescott. Per Sports Info Solutions, the Buccaneers generated pressure on 45.4% of opponent dropbacks. Last year, that was sixth highest in the NFL. They also, when you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott, stuffed running backs at a rate of 22.9%. That's a run of either zero or fewer yards. Uh, that was fifth highest in the league. So this is a defensive line going up against an offensive line that's not going to have its best player. That's bad news for Dak Prescott. That's bad news for Ezekiel Elliott. I'm still playing Ezekiel Elliott. He's a low-end RB1 for me. I think Dak Prescott's a low-end QB1 in this matchup. Um, and the, the Cowboys receivers, Cooper and Lamb, got to be in there for you. Uh, Michael Gallup, he's more of a 
a volatile wide receiver three flex option. Um, I mean, you have to play those Cowboys guys in week one. Just understand, this is not the greatest matchup for them to get off on the right foot. Jaguars at the Texans, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern (laughs) time, Joe. Uh, This is one of those games where start them if you got them, right? I mean, Uh tons of points. Juggernaut offense. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is a tough game for me because I think the easiest thing to be able to say is just freaking for the Texans, just bench everybody but Brandon Cooks, which is probably what I am going to do. Tyrod Taylor obviously is viable in a two-quarterback or super flex league because he's going to run around out there. But for the Texans, I know the Jaguars' defense stinks. Um, but – this Texan offense stinks. They're going to have a three-man running back rotation with Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay, which is the saddest three-man running back rotation of all time. Um, it, it's uh, I'm I'm just not trusting those guys right now. It's Brandon Cooks or bust for the Texans. Now for the Jaguars, who actually have kind of a decent matchup. I mean, look, I, this is going to be a competitive game. I think. Uh, for the week, uh, Trevor Lawrence is kind of viable uh, as a lower end quarterback option. Got him at 15 this week. I think that's that's okay against the Houston Texans. Um, when you look at the running backs, I think James Robinson, quite frankly, we just talked about Ezekiel Elliott. James Robinson is kind of uh, like better than Ezekiel Elliott on the outlook this week. By yes. Way. So, like, I mean, I agree. Yeah, I mean. Like let's just let's just call it like it is. I mean, I think it's going to be a competitive game, uh, maybe a crappy game, but it's going to be a competitive game. So um, we got Jacksonville laying what two, three points. James Robinson's a really good option this week at receiver for Jacksonville. I'm probably going with Lavisca Chanel as a wide receiver three. DJ Chark is back. That's really good news. Um, but. Did he get enough work this offseason with Trevor Lawrence? So that's a va- valid question for me. I'm going with LaVisca Chenault as a wide receiver three. If I'm going to play another guy in my flex, it's probably going to be Marvin Jones, and I want to see how this shakes out. But for the Jaguars, James Robinson, top eight option this week at the running back position. Everybody else are kind of on the fringes of your lineup, maybe with the exception of LaVisca Chenault, who I have as a really good wide receiver three this week. Let's move on. Uh, This is one of my favorite 1 o'clock games. Mm. The Chargers at the football team, Joe. The team against the Chargers. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting challenge for for, uh, Washington. And it's going to be an interesting challenge for Justin Herbert. We're looking at what? The Chargers laying one. We're looking at a pick them. So I think, you know, the markets, the the books really haven't had really of an idea what to do in this game. I would think it's going to be kind of a defensive battle. That's my first read. Washington's defense is really good. They're breaking in uh, a new quarterback. Justin Herbert, obviously, is a very good player. He had a very good season, but it's a tough matchup, and he's coming into a new offense. I have both Justin Herbert and Ryan Fitzpatrick on the outside of my top 12 quarterbacks this week. That doesn't mean they might not be the better option for you this week, but I have both on the outside of my top 12 at quarterback, strictly based off of the matchup. And you're also looking at, you know, uh, a lower total based on that this week. So certainly um, something where I'm a little bit concerned about the fantasy prospects in this game, at least through the air. Now, that being said, 
we, I told you, I already went through and told you start your studs isn't necessarily a valid strategy anymore. You're still playing Terry McLaurin. You're still playing Keenan Allen. You're still playing Logan Thomas, who you drafted as a top tight end this year. Those guys are all in your lineup, okay? Um, In the backfield, you've got two running backs who are almost certainly in your lineups, in Antonio Gibson and Austin Eckler. Those are guys you drafted in the first 15 picks. Both of them are going to be in your lineups. I have both of them in my top 10 this week. So don't overthink it with those. The guys where I am overthinking it a little bit, it's going to be the quarterbacks. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you almost certainly drafted as your backup anyway. Uh, Justin Herbert is somebody uh, you drafted as your starter. I will fully admit, I am benching Justin Herbert in one of my leagues this week for Jalen Hurts. So if if that's a decision that you might make, you know, Justin Herbert, you drafted as a starter. You drafted him as a top seven. To me, that's not somebody who you drafted to be your no doubt all the time starting quarterback if you have a viable option on your bench. I'm a little bit scared by this Washington defense. I think it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Herbert struggles to put up points here just a little bit in this game. What about the other side of the ball when Washington has it? Yeah, it's Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and Logan Thomas. Those guys are in your lineup. I'm interested to see what Washington's rotation behind Antonio Gibson is, if there's a rotation. You know, we talked about him a lot on this podcast. I thought he had the biggest David Johnson 2016-type breakout potential of anybody at the running back position but they have to play them on third downs and passing downs, at least some of them, for that to come to fruition. Still, top 10 running back this week for me. Terry McLaurin's in your lineup. Uh, I want to see what's up with Curtis Samuel. He returned to practice this week. I'm waiting on him before I put him in my lineup. Really curious to get your thoughts on the Seahawks and the Colts. Let's start with the Colts, the home team. Um, yeah, like Carson Wentz, the vibes have been really bad on him all offseason. Like, I mean, the, the foot injury, the COVID situation, I got to see it, Ross. Like you saw Wentz last year and, and this was a guy who, and, and both of us, I know both of us have been big Wentz fans in the past. Obviously 2017, I thought he was underrated for what he did in 2018 and 2019, but there's no way to, to spin it. Last year was an unmitigated disaster. From multiple perspectives, he hasn't had a ton of practice time this offseason recovering from the foot injury and then the COVID situation. I mean, this is a situation where, I mean, this this Colts passing game, despite the fact that, you know, the Seahawks secondary is now a weakness on that team, Carson Wentz can't be anywhere close to your lineup this week. I mean, the one wide receiver for, for uh, Indianapolis I'm considering is Michael Pittman. Um, obviously T.Y. Hilton is injured. Paris Campbell's coming off of injury. I'm going to watch Paris Campbell. This is a sit and watch situation for Paris Campbell, but I think Michael Pittman is a viable wide receiver three this week. Um, he's probably going to be in my lineup, but really for the Colts, the guy I'm only super interested in playing is Jonathan Taylor, obviously the stud running back. This is a wait and see approach for the Indianapolis Colts for me. I need to see what Carson Wentz looks like. On the other side, the Seahawks, usually we know what they got going at quarterback and receiver. Yeah. So um, the the good news for the Seahawks is they got, I guess it's not really an extension. 
but they got a deal done with Dwayne Brown, um, the left tackle, which is huge. Russell Wilson's never really had a good offensive line in the NFL, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think this Seahawks offensive line is good, but it's a lot better with Dwayne Brown than it is without it. Um, The Seahawks are actually two-point underdogs here, which means that um, I I think – the markets are giving Indianapolis a little bit of a home field advantage. Also, maybe think the Indianapolis defense might give it, uh, gives the Seahawks some problems. If the Seahawks are underdogs, well, maybe they let Russ cook a little bit. He's in my top 12 at quarterback this week. And the beauty of the Seattle Seahawks is I don't think there's any situation at all, even against a good defense, where you can bench DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Those two guys are in your lineup. The guy who I'm interested to watch this week, maybe he's a little bit of a cheaper DFS option, too. Colts have a good secondary, but the Seahawks have been talking all offseason like tight end Gerald Everett is going to be a big factor in their offense. Pete Carroll's essentially called him a big wide receiver. Um, So when they have him out there, they're essentially calling it a three wide receiver set. I wouldn't be shocked if Gerald Everett becomes somebody who you're considering starting each and every week moving forward if you have him on your team, just as that third option in that Seattle passing game. Keep an eye on Gerald Everett this week. I'm excited to see him. Chris Carson, of course, he's always locked in there as a rock-solid RB2. Everybody forgets about Chris Carson every week, but he gets the football. The Seahawks are going to run it. That's why they hired Shane Waldron. Hopefully, Shane Waldron brings some pace to this offense, and it allows them to run more plays, which leads to more production for Russell Wilson. Next up, Sam Darnold revenge game. Mm -hmm. Panthers hosting the Jets. Talk to me, Joe. Oh, man. Talk about a a game that I am interested to watch. And you might might laugh at that and say, oh, my God, this game is going to be terrible. But when you look at all the options on both of these teams, who we were drafting from these teams, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Obviously, was the number one overall pick. He's in your lineup. Don't worry about it. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. The three wide receivers for the Carolina Panthers, especially with the with the hype Terrace Marshall got towards the end of the se- uh, the preseason, a lot of times these three guys were going in the top 10 rounds. Here's the problem. Sam Darnold has never been good in the NFL. Never. He's never supported multiple wide receivers for fantasy. Ever. Can he do it in Carolina? Are we betting that the Adam Gase factor was that bad? That Sam Darnold's going to thrive in a new situation? The ADPs for these receivers suggest that we were. We were betting on that. The good news for Sam Darnold, he knows what this Jets secondary looks like. It's an opportunity for him to come out and put up some points here. Um, I'm starting DJ Moore. I'm starting Robbie Anderson, probably just based on where they were drafted and also I mean, if you if you drafted Robbie Anderson and you're thinking of benching him in week one, why did you draft him where you did? He's going up against the Jets. It's another – it's a Robbie Anderson revenge game too, by the way. But, I mean, this is the matchup. So if you drafted those guys, you're drafting them to play them in this matchup. Just ca- count me a little skeptical that Sam Darnold is all of a sudden just going to turn it on. As for the Jets – um, obviously you're not starting Zach Wilson, but I'm a little warmer on Zach Wilson for fantasy than I was headed into the preseason. There's no, no doubt about that. This game, by the way, is lined at uh, like 43 and a half, 44, which is one of the lower over unders for the week. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, it's towards the bottom on the board. Um, so uh, the Jets aren't really expected to put up a ton of points in this game. More of Carolina. I think people don't know what to do with this. For the Jets, you're not playing anybody in the backfield. 
Um, I know they list Tevin Coleman as a starter. Tevin Coleman averaged 1.9 yards per carry in eight games last year. I, 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 I just think it is a, in due time, he's going to lose that job, whether it's to either Ty Johnson or the rookie Michael Carter. I want to sit. That's a wait and see situation for me at the running back position. Now, Jamison Crowder is on the COVID list, and there's a chance he plays this week. But here's what's interesting. If Jamison Crowder doesn't play in this game, they listed Elijah Moore, the rookie receiver from uh, Ole Miss, as a starter, as their slot receiver, in between uh, in between uh, Corey Davis and Keelan Cole. Corey Davis is in your lineup, by the way. He showed a great rapport with uh with say uh, um excuse me Zach Wilson during the preseason. So Corey Davis is in your lineup as a wide receiver three. If if Jamison Crowder doesn't play, Elijah Moore could be an interesting, volatile, low-end flex, DFS, cheap DFS option. It's just not really one of those games I'm targeting because the total is so low in this game. Next up, the Bengals hosting the Vikings. I'm, you know, I guess it's week one. I'm curious about all these games. Yeah, um, I mean, all these games are let's let's make it easy with the Vikings. The Vikings are my favorite team in fantasy. You start Dalvin Cook, no doubt about it. You start Justin Jefferson, no doubt about it. You start Adam Thielen, no doubt about it. Usually, the guy you're making a decision on for the week is Kirk Cousins, and here we go. Here's one situation: I have Kirk Cousins ranked higher than Justin Herbert this week, and it's just matchup based. That's all. It is just matchup-based. Maybe there's a little bit of a DFS angle. It, it, the thing with Kirk Cousins for DFS, by the way, 47, solid total for this game. Minnesota's a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. You, it's very easy to stack Kirk Cousins. You can double-stack Kirk Cousins because the, the you know the target tree is narrow. One thing I am watching for Minnesota, just a massive bummer that Irv Smith went out for the season. Just a huge bummer. I drafted him a ton as my number two tight end. Who steps in there? I think it's going to be Tyler Conklin, who they, whom they've had in the building, but they traded for Chris Herndon and apparently reached out to the Eagles about potentially trading for Dallas Goddard, not Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. The Eagles seem to have rebuffed that offer. So the Vikings were obviously counting on Irv Smith being a big part of their passing game. Will they get that kind of contribution from either Tyler Conklin, who I think is the better option, or Chris Herndon, who li- uh, didn't live up to his infinite promise with the New York Jets. So that's one thing I'm keeping an eye on for the Minnesota Vikings. Otherwise, very easy fantasy team to figure out. What about the Bengals, Joe? A lot of mouths to feed over there. Yeah, so I think the big thing, well, first and foremost, the big thing people are obviously going to be uh, looking at is Joe Burrow. Um, what does he look like behind that offensive line? I've got Joe Burrow ranked pretty low this week. Uh uh, I had him higher, a lot higher in his um, in his draft rankings, but this now becomes a weekly game, and you have to evaluate the weekly matchup. I've got Joe Burrow pretty low this week. I, I even have him as a low-end QB2 for two quarterback leagues, just based on the matchup, um, based on the fact that we don't know what he's going to look like. Joe Mixon is another story, Ross, because they had been talking all offseason about how much they love Joe Mixon. He has very little competition in this backfield. He is a locked-in RB1 for me this week. At wide receiver, I'm playing T. Higgins, and I am playing uh, Tyler Boyd. The guy who I'm interested to see, of course, is Jamar Chase, who had a terrible preseason. We've got him as a low-end wide receiver four this week. I expect that he is going to make people look foolish for fading him late. 
Not the greatest matchup for Jamar Chase to get off on the right foot. So T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, I'm comfortable with them. Not so comfortable with Jamar Chase this week. I am very comfortable with LinkedIn. I use it all the time. All of the interns I have from Penn State use LinkedIn all the time. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then you use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Look, LinkedIn jobs helps you or me, any of us, find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash feast. That's linkedin.com slash feast to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply after you post your job. Send it to me, ross at rostucker.com, if you want a free Madden, like I've been talking about on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Now I'm talking about Cardinals and the Titans, Joe. Feels like a good matchup for fantasy purposes. Oh, yeah, Ross. This one... um... This one's going to be pretty uh, interesting. This one's going to be pretty exciting. We've got, uh, let's see, an over-under of 52. That makes it one of the uh, one of the highest games of the week. This is the game where, like, if you're going to be attacking, like, uh, a GPP for fantasy, going to be one of the games you're, you're attacking. Only one game on the board this week, which is Cleveland and Kansas City, which we will obviously talk about at some point, uh, has a higher over-under than this one for the week. So the Cardinals, the the um, – the the Titans, we're expecting a shootout here. Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill, both are in my top eight at quarterback this week, okay? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I would start him over Justin Herbert. Um, I would start Ryan Tannehill over Russell Wilson. I would start him over Dak Prescott this week. I think it's a great matchup. Kyler Murray, I mean, you drafted Kyler Murray as a top three or four quarterback. You know you're starting Kyler Murray. But those are two guys who I am very high on this week. At the running back position, let's talk about what's going on here. Uh, for Tennessee, you're starting Derrick Henry. He's a top five option this week. For Arizona, I think you probably drafted Chase Edmonds to a point where he's at least going to be your flex. Maybe you went with a an, an approach where you went kind of zero RB or hero RB, and he's kind of your RB2. You're probably going to play Chase Edmonds in a high total game because what do you expect Chase Edmonds to do well? Catch the football. 52 points. The uh, the Cardinals are road dogs here. You expect that he's going to catch the football in this game. So I'm really interested to see him at wide receiver. The Titans are just like the mini Vikings. There's two guys here, and you're playing them both. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. You're playing them. I know Julio was injured, but if you drafted Julio, I mean, is he going to be healthier, Ross, at any point than in week one? I mean, no. Were you what when you played during the season? When were you the healthiest? Week one. Okay, so I don't think Julio is ever going to be healthy. This is a high line game, fifty-two points. Julio's in there as, as a wide receiver two for you. Obviously, AJ Brown's in there for the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins is in there for you, and then it gets interesting. We started to get kind of some good vibes on AJ AJ Green. He's looking good now. You and I had the discussion months ago. 
AJ Green, by basically every measurable, was the worst wide receiver in professional football last year. I've got to see it. I'm not discounting it. It would be a great story if AJ Green is able to come out here and show that he's still got something left in that borderline Hall of Fame tank. I got to see it first. I also have to see it from Rondale Moore, the rookie wide receiver. But again, if you're playing DFS, sometimes you got to sneak these guys into your lineup. If you're trying to take down a tournament so, and you're trying to create diversity in your lineup, sometimes you've got to sneak some of these guys in who you wouldn't want to put in a season-long lineup. Rondale Moore might fit the, fit the ticket for you. Um, I have him ranked higher than A.J. Green this week. He's not somebody I want to put in a season-long lineup. But in a game lined at 52 points, the second highest of the week, you would have to think Kyler Murray's throwing the ball somewhere that isn't DeAndre Hopkins. I have DeAndre Hopkins as my number one wide receiver on the week, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good DFS option, too. But Rondale Moore might be somebody you can sneak into your DFS lineup. Um, just, just a little bit uh, uh, of an option there for you if you're looking on the lower end in a really high-line game. Niners at the Lions. Joe, are there any Lions? I guess Hawkinson's like the one Lion that could be in people's lineup? Yeah, um, and also the backfield. And after like weeks of kind of poo-pooing it, Dan Campbell came out and said flat out, DeAndre Swift is going to play this week. Um, he sat out some time in, in, in August with a groin injury, which was a concern. And I think that was a concern for people because we were already concerned about DeAndre Swift because they brought in Jamal Williams and, you know, you got the comments, you know, you know, Dan Campbell's the hard nosed coach and you have Anthony Lynn saying, Oh, I view Jamal as an, as a one a, and I view Deandre as a one B and that scares people. And I love Deandre Swift. I'd love to be able to tell you Ross that I think Deandre Swift's going to be a top eight running back this year because he has that kind of talent. And believe it or not, this offensive line on an otherwise bad team is a pretty damn good offensive line. They got some talent up there. I think it's the best unit, by the way, on their entire roster is the, the Lions offensive line. I'd love to tell you that I think DeAndre Swift is going to be a top eight running back. But here's the problem. I call it Janice's Razor. And what Janice's Razor is, it's named after Jeff Janice. Jeff Janice, you remember Jeff Janice. All the analytics guys loved him. The guy was super athletic. He was on the Packers roster. You know, explosive passing game, but there was one problem. You can love Jeff Janice all you want. You might be right, by the way. You might be right that Jeff Janice is a freak athlete and should be playing. The problem is if the coaches don't put him on the field, he's not going to score fantasy points. So my question is, what is DeAndre Swift's role? I'm still okay playing him as like an RB2 flex option this week. But I actually think Jamal Williams might be safer. I think DeAndre Swift's got more upside, but I think Jamal Williams might actually be safer because it just feels like the type of guy who coaches are going to trust in the crunch time. You might think DeAndre Swift should be out there. I might think DeAndre Swift should be out there. DeAndre Swift might think DeAndre Swift should be out there. If the coaches don't put him in the game, he's not going to score points. What about for the Niners? Uh, um, the one thing I'm watching, which doesn't really have a fantasy impact per se, except for what it might do to Jimmy Garoppolo, is there a Trey Lance package, and what does it look like? I want to see the package, Ross. We need to see the package. I don't know. Look, the, the, the 49ers have apparently been insinuating that Trey Lance is going to get out on the, on the field in some way, shape, or form, and it might resemble – I know it was an old coaching staff. It was the Harbaugh coaching staff, but it might resemble what the 49ers did all those years back with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. 
Um, and then obviously Kaepernick eventually took the job from Alex Smith when Alex Smith got hurt. Lance is going to take over at some point. Uh, they're going to get his feet wet with this package. So I'm interested to see what the package looks like. For the 49ers, what does the backfield look like? Raheem Mostert, to me, I think is a really good option this week. I think Raheem Mostert, for as long as he's on the field, is probably going to be a really good option. He might sneak under the radar, Raheem Mostert, as a DFS option this week because he's somebody who I think people just kind of forget about. The 49ers are seven-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. It suggests they're going to be able to run the football. But what does the rotation look like? When does Trey Sermon come in? Interested to see that. But for this week, really like Raheem Mostert. Keep an eye on the status of Brandon Ayuk. Um, he's had kind of a hamstring injury. I expect him to play this week. He's been out in practice running routes. I expect he'll go. Um, both he and Debo Samuel are wide receiver two, three type of guys. And of course, you're playing George Kittle. But if I'm playing DFS, the guy I'm targeting for the San Francisco 49ers is Raheem Mostert this week. The Steelers are at the Bills. Steelers have a lot of skill guys, Joe, and a lot of concerns up front. Yeah, so the this game opened actually at an over-under of 50.5, and, and it has dropped to 48.5. So uh, a lot of under money is coming in on that game. And Pittsburgh, I mean, look, I know I know things have been up and down for them, especially last year. I mean, last year was up and down in, in the middle of in the season. Your last team to lose a football game, and then you lose like five out of your last six. Um, the Steelers are six and a half point underdogs on the road. I mean, I can't. When is the last time in a Ben Roethlisberger started game that the Pittsburgh Steelers were touchdown underdogs? I mean, you might have to go back some time. Uh, it, it. That being said, there's opportunity here for the Steelers to put points on the board. Um, it, it, look, you're you're starting these receivers. Ross, I mean, you drafted them all to start them. You're starting them all in week one. Deontay Johnson, he's going to be the primary outside receiver. Travis White didn't really travel a whole lot for Buffalo last year, so keep that in mind. Chase Claypool, maybe Buffalo, if they do travel, Tredavious White views him as more of the threat just because he can get over the top and put points on the board quickly. You're still playing Chase Claypool. I think Juju Smith-Schuster might be the odd man out, but he's still kind of a decent wide receiver three. Uh Najee Harris is in your lineup. I mean, look, Pittsburgh drafted Najee Harris. They drafted him to give him the football. They are going to give Najee Harris the football. It's a tough matchup. I have him just on the outside of my top 12 this week, but I'm still playing Najee Harris in this game. Um, if you want to try to create a little bit of DFS, um, uh, maybe leverage in this game, um, maybe take a shot at one of the tight ends, Eric Ebron or Pat Fryermuth. Uh, I've heard buzz that the Steelers adore Pat Fryermuth, like adore him. I don't know if that's going to translate into immediate fantasy success. Just keep your eye on Pat Fryermuth. He's not somebody to put in a season-long lineup, but maybe you're going dumpster diving at tight end because you wanted to fit some guys into your lineup. That's a guy I might consider. Uh, by the way, also, Dawson Knox on the other side for Buffalo, they surprisingly cut Jacob Hollister. He might be somebody to go dumpster diving at tight end with. Let's get to... The Buffalo Bills on the yeah. other side, Joe. Um, uh, let's just call, call it like it is. Until I see something out of this backfield, I'm not playing either of these running backs. I mean, this was the least productive backfield in the NFL last year. They just didn't run the ball. I have both guys outside my top 40, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I need to see it from the, from this backfield. Josh Allen's your he's your guy. I mean, you're, you're playing Josh Allen, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home um, I, in a game that 
there's been some under money, but it's still a decently lined game. You're playing Josh Allen. You are playing Stefan Diggs here. Um, other than that, though, which Buffalo receivers do we feel good about? I don't have any other Buffalo receiver inside my top 50. Because, you, look, they're going to put four guys out there. Beasley, Davis, um, Emmanuel Sanders. I want to see what that rotation looks like. Those are DFS options only. But, I mean, Josh Allen, the, the Allen to Diggs connection, I don't think it showed any signs of slowing down last year. I don't think it's going to show signs of slowing down after the preseason. I expect Josh Allen to have another MVP-type season this year. Last but not least for the Sunday 1 o'clock slate, Joe, the Battle of the Birds. Falcon hosting the Eagles. Really curious to get your thoughts on both these teams. You can start with the home team, the Falcons. Yeah, we've got two teams with new coaching staffs. Um, So... I am coming in here, and I am just a chucklehead who's babbling about this game uh, from my chair here. And it's going to be hard to see what these teams look like. For the Falcons, what is Arthur Smith's offense going to look like? You can't run what you ran in Tennessee. You might think highly of Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. They brought in Wayne Gallman, by the way, um, which which is interesting to me. They have Cordell Patterson listed as their backup running back. But those guys, Cordell Cordell Patterson ain't running what Derrick Henry ran in Tennessee. He's just not doing it. Like, I mean, let's be honest. That being said, I do think that you can kind of make a facsimile of that kind of play-action-heavy passing game with Calvin Ridley uh, working as kind of the number one receiver, the A.J. Brown role, and Kyle Pitts in kind of the Corey Davis role. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is a guy who people didn't really know what to do with him this offseason. There were some people who were, like, aggressively drafting him. And there were others who were like, yeah, I see why you're doing that, but I'm not comfortable doing it. I mean, Kyle Pitts was a fourth, fifth-round draft pick as a rookie tight end. That is, I mean, we've never seen that before. Kyle Pitts is a DFS option for me this week because the Eagles have had trouble defending tight ends in recent years. You know, Rodney McLeod, the safety, is questionable to go in this game. By the way, I actually think this Eagle defense – Look out for it. I think the pass rush is going to be good. I know you, Ross, you saw him in preseason. That pass rush could be pretty damn good for Philadelphia. Yeah, I think they got six guys capable of six or more sacks. I really do. So keep that in mind because Atlanta's offensive line has been a weakness. But I think Arthur Smith is going to know that. I think he's going to try to mitigate it with the play-action pass game. Um, For Atlanta, Matt Ryan is a mediocre option for me. I could see it for DFS, though, if you're just saying, I'm going to stack them with Ridley and Pitts, and I'm going to count on those are the two guys where Matt Ryan is going to try to get the football to. I can see that as a DFS option. He's not all that exciting to me from a season-long standpoint. I have him at QB 17 this week, but I can see it as a DFS option. In the backfield, Mike Davis is a flex to me. Um, maybe an RB2 because I, we'll see how much they work in Patterson and Wayne Gallman. And then, of course, at wide receiver, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a weekly top three or four option this this year. Um, and then also Russell Gage is like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He'll put up numbers. And then, of course, I said, I mean, you drafted Kyle Pitts to start him. You're starting him this week against Philadelphia. What about for the Eagles, Joe? Yeah, Jalen Hurts I love this week. Um, Jalen Hurts is a guy who, like, if you come out, I said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. But if you were to come out and tell me Jalen Hurts is starting 17 games this year, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to accumulate enough points to be a top five overall fantasy quarterback. Now, he might not play like that. 
He might not play like a top five quarterback, but you know how Jalen Hurts puts up numbers. And I think it's going to start this week. Jalen Hurts is going to put up numbers in this game. And, and, and it might not be through the air, but you know he's going to run. You know he's going to take off. He's a top six option for me this week. Miles Sanders is an RB2. Um, I want to see what the rotation is like behind him. He apparently still had problems with drops in training camp, but he got the starter treatment in the game where the Eagles even played Jalen Hurts and the starting receivers and the starting offensive line. Rossi were there. Miles Sanders didn't play. He got the starter treatment. That indicates to me that the Eagles viewed Miles Sanders as having kind of a really strong camp. They wanted him to get into the season healthy. Top 15 at running back for me this week. If I'm playing an Eagle wide receiver, it's going to be Devontae Smith. I have him as a wide receiver three this week. I want to see how this rotation shakes out. I want to see... Who plays mo- the most snaps? Is it Smith? Is it Jalen Rager? Is it Quez Watkins? They cut Travis Fulgham, brought him back on the practice squad. He's not going to be playing. So I, J- Devontae Smith's the guy I feel best about in this receiving core, but only as a wide receiver three. At tight end, man, uh, I would have loved to be able to throw my full support behind Dallas Goddard. Now, things are weird. The Vikings apparently reached out to the Eagles about a trade for Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard said he thought there'd be a new contract done by now. There isn't one. Saint kind of reminds me of what Zach Ertz said a couple of all seasons ago. And then Zach Ertz had a bad relationship with Howie Roseman. That's now squashed. Zach Ertz is on this football team. I'm not really sure how comfortable I feel about starting either one of those guys at tight end. The problem is there's only about seven or eight guys I am comfortable starting at tight end. So eventually you're going to have to make a decision on the fringes. And I think Dallas Goddard, just based on all the reports from training camp, Hurts loved throwing to these tight ends. I think you can make an argument for Dallas Goddard and Zach Hurts as DFS options this week, even if you're not 100% confident starting them for season long. One down, one to go. Make sure you listen to episode number two of the Fantasy Feast podcast this week for the Sunday late games and the Monday nighter. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 